0: This is Halloween This is Halloween This is Halloween
1: Amazing Musical styles by Julia, Julia That's actually my original song
2: Trademarked by Julia Trademarked by Trademarked Julia Written
1: by Julia, by Julia. <laughs> Produced
2: by Julia um, Did you say in? I might have I think you said written <laughs> by Julia We're already
1: through a white cloth <laughs> um, If you've been living under a rock Halloween is this week So we are going to be going through the history of Halloween. Oh shit, this oh, episode. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes. we are
0: back on the pod with our celebrity guest, uh, Tara. Mm-hmm. Cue the Woo! woo <laughs> the girl <laughs> <crowd> goes wild. <laughs> Tara's here um, for our special spooky episode <laughs> on history of Halloween, which of
1: course <laughs> 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 Which, oh, oh my god, no, I can't go
0: on. <laughs> Which, of course, I said it's so hard to. Which, of course.
2: <laughs> oh my god, no. I'm so excited about the episode. I'm so excited. <laughs> Stacy from Zoe
0: 101.
2: Like, oh my god. Rock is <laughs> crying. <and> crying. <laughs> of course, that <laughs>
0: I'm crying.
1: Weez
2: laugh.
0: Wheeze laugh with the podcast. Um, I don't even remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> just get started. You okay. just started off with Halloween. She's actually
1: crying tears. I'm um, so excited. I'm literally crying a lot. So that was the spookiest thing that's happened to me today. Um, but we actually had a request for this, and I'm not even fronting. Yeah, we uh, somebody wanted. The people to know. were asking. They wanted to know about. Why the hell or who started dressing up? Why the hell that was a thing. So I have a nine part
2: <laughs> history channel <laughs> synopsis for you. This is
0: my favorite quote for Halloween. In the real world, Halloween is when kids dress up in costumes and beg for candy. In Girl World, Halloween is just one day a year when a girl can dress up like a total slut
1: and no one girls and no other girls can say anything else about it. Iconic. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell us about Halloween. So first, we're going to go through and tell everyone what we're dressing up for as Halloween. I'm going to be the iconic Dolly Parton, huge wig and all. What are you going to be? A Visco girl. (laughs) Thank you for making that sound, because when it's spelled out, I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, tsk, tsk, (laughs) tsk, because I live under a rock.
0: That's what, well, I was going to, I'm doing the Visco girl group for work and terms mm-hmm. of part of it being, yes um I was gonna do another outfit but I think I'm just gonna stick with the visco
2: all day because it's gonna yeah. be comfortable yeah so. me too she's I, already like a third of a visco girl right yeah Eve, like, I so was fun. gonna say I am a visco girl so I <laughs> didn't even have to buy much for this <laughs> costume like straight down to my nails that I got in spo for from Emma Chamberlain so yeah um love this yeah we'll be visco girls this year is that yeah. a costume I, yes. is it really us I don't know yeah time will <laughs> we're tell. dressing up as ourselves yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that so, let me tell you about Spooky Halloween and how okay. it started. And I also, Spooky Halloween's from My Favorite Murder, because it's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> um, so, the tradition is, um, came from ancient Celtic festivals, mm-hmm. from, it's called Samhain, but it's spelled A- uh, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, because it's, like, in Gaelic, so it's very, like, they like, have, like... Like, is spelled like c <laughs> Yeah. So, it's like that. So, it's Samhain. Um, and it was when people would light like, bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Oh. Um, in the eighth century, Pope Gregory the Third designated November first as a time to honor all saints, so All Saints' Day became incorporated with some of the, dr- <laughs> <laughs> the traditions of Samhain. Um, the evening before was known as All, all Hallows' Eve, and later mm. Halloween. Mm. Um, and then over time, it became trick or treating and dressing up and getting like girl wasted with your friends. Mm. So the ancient origin, so it dates back to um, over 2,000 years ago with the Celts, um, and they live in what is now Ireland and in northern France and in the United Kingdom, and they would celebrate the new year on November 1st, so they'd be warding off ghosts at the end of their year. Mm -hmm. Um, And this day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter in a time of year that was also associated with human death. (laughs) Then because you know plagues and everything. Right. We're wiping people out. <laughs> <laughs> Not cute. Um Kels believe that um on the night before the new year, November first, the boundary between the worlds of the living and dead became blurred. Um so on the night of October thirty first, when so- when they celebrate Sawin, um is when they believe the ghosts of the dead return to Earth. Ooh. Very spooky. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts um, thought that the presence of the outworldly spirits uh, made it easier for the druids or Celtic priests to make predictions about the future. And then for people entirely dependent on the volatile uh, nature world, these prophecies were a very important source of comfort during Long Winter. So it was like Game of Thrones, but for real. The White Walkers.
2: Wow.
1: Um, And then to commemorate the event, they would have all those huge bonfires and people would gather and burn crops, animals as sacrifices. Gross. Um, Bloody bonfires. Um, And then they wore costumes consisting of animal heads and skins to tell each other, each other's fortunes. That's kind of fucking metal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then when the celebration was over, they would uh, relit their hearth fires, which they had exhausted earlier in the evening from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. So they would take the fire from the burning bonfire and put it Uh in so they'd all, all their homes would be protected. Okay. A little, um... Fun fact for you, and then the Roman Empire in 43 A.D. conquered the majority of the Celtic territory, um, and then they added some of their festivals to it. So it kept getting bigger and bigger. And how they would do this, in late November is when Rome is traditionally cur- uh, commemorated. I have like totally list right now um, the passing of Sorry. their dead. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm contagious. like shit. Um, so they the second day was to honor their goddess of fruits and trees. So the symbol is the apple incorporated with the celebration of the Samhain probably explains the tradition for bobbing for apples. So the Romans put it all together. So it's like fertility and like they're honoring their dead, plus them warding off bad spirits and hoping for good fortune.
2: Okay. Cute.
1: Right? And then May um, 600 AD, Pope Boniface the Fourth, that's an interesting. That's unfortunate. Pope <laughs> yeah. um, dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of the Christian martyrs and the Catholic feasts of All Martyrs Day, All Saints Day, that same time too. So they keep looks like Halloween just keeps building and building and building, and then we just kind of take it over and just put candy it. on it. Um, All Souls' Days was continued like had bonfires and parades, dressing up as saints, angels, and devils because it's very biblical. So that's kind of where you start getting like weird animal stuff apples are coming in for bobbing for apples a lot of the angelic and demonic stuff starts coming into play and then all hallows eve eventually became halloween and then halloween comes to america that's like a movie i would watch (laughs) it's like george washington like across the delaware but like in a full costume oh my god um do you
0: guys see my stories when i was at this ucf temple game they had Betsy Ross, yeah. this old-ass woman, outside in the freezing cold, knitting. And then they had a Ben Franklin. And whenever Temple scored, which wasn't often, they would, Boom, ring, they would ring that <laughs> the bell. The Liberty Bell? They would ring the Liberty Bell, but they had that lady doing it. Oh She's god. like,
1: oh my god, this That's is a, all my strength for the I was hat. like,
0: this is a PR nightmare. It's a weird flex. <laughs> yeah, it is
1: a weird flex. Um, but yeah. To continue with it in America... Um, It was extremely limited in colonial New England because the rigid Protestant belief systems for um, Halloween was much more common in Maryland and southern colonies. Because, you know, the the Lutherans and separating from the Catholic Church and then coming over to America, they were like, fuck your church, we're having our own. Um, And then the beliefs and customs were different through European ethnic groups and American Indians meshed. A different American version of Halloween began to emerge. So they would have play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest, so neighbors would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes and dance and sing. which is so cool that it's become more of like a melting pot ho- like holiday, yeah um, that it's like kind of pulling from ancient European to Native Americans mm-hmm. um, and so forth and then colonial Halloween festivities also featured ghost stories, mischief making of all kind, and in the middle of the nineteenth century uh, autumn festivals were common but Halloween was not yet celebrated everywhere in the country Um, and in the second half of the 19th century America was flooded with new immigrants these new immigrants especially millions of Irish fleeing the potato famine Mm. helped uh, popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally because they brought all of their Celtic traditions over with them which is really cool I had no idea yeah Mm -hmm. um So then going into trick-or-treating specifically, they borrowed from European traditions. Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. I'm going to ask for money this year, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A practice that eventually became known as um, today's trick-or-treating. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairing, and mirrors. That you're like oh who was my husband and then, like bloody mary became a thing i don't know oh no like- <laughs> i think bloody mary in, in elementary school is so scary yeah. oh my god i always did it my friend would lock me in the bathroom so i'd be stuck yeah in was oh like, my god my no. nightmare absolutely not no, um it's terrifying you're right i was like you're not my friend i'm leaving you're <laughs> not my friend <laughs> <laughs> um in the late 1800s there was a move to america to mold halloween into a holiday about community and neighbors getting together than ghost pranks and witchcraft yeah. you know mm-hmm. alone and shit. Uh, and then at the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day, and parties focused on games, foods, and seasons and festive costumes. Right. So it kind of switched from being where we sacrifice, am-
0: animals, where we <laughs> sacrifice animals and drink their blood into let's just, like,
1: make... Must be neighbors. Yeah, let's, let's like, blend all of our let's cultures just boo together. Each other and like, you guess know. who our husbands are going to be? Right, exactly. Um, and by the 20s and 30s, Halloween had become a secular but common-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties that featured in a t- entertainment. And despite the best efforts, many schools and communities vandalism began <laughs> to plague the celebrations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what okay. do they call the day? Mischief night. Uh. Mischief night? The day before Halloween, people, like, played
0: pranks on each other. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's called, like, mischief night.
1: My mom said that in high school, like, we were always joking about, like, TPing stuff. I never did. I was a freaking nerd. But she said, oh, you don't use TP. You get those, like, orange peanut candies. You know, uh, those gross ones? Yeah. And you throw them in people's yards, and the dew makes them mush so they can't get them up. <gasps> I was like, damn, Mom, you were cool. That's baller. Yeah, right?
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Don't try this at home
1: or do if you hate your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> or do. <clears throat> Between the 1920s and the 1950s, centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. So they like, kept doing trick-or-treating after like, a little hiatus. Um, and then it was relatively inexpensive for the entire community to share Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks um, being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. So to get rid of all the mischief, they were like, oh, here's some candy.
2: Oh. Yeah, so people
1: thought you were nice and they wouldn't do anything.
2: Huh, there we go, okay. full circle.
1: Right? Full circle. <laughs> You're like, I'll save it. And then New American Edition was born, and it continued to grow. It's estimated that $6 billion annually um, that that Americans spend on Halloween. Wow. Um, It's the second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Wow. Which I would have never guessed that, but that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to blending all of the cultures. Like, it's not just, like, a Christian thing or uh, something like like that, secular. And then Halloween movies helped to add to the commercial success Um, they have a long history of being box office hits the classic of Halloween based in the 1978 film by John Carpenter Um, love her she actually I watched this uh, Eli Roth had this history of horror documentary on and see I 10 out of 10 recommend it he talks about like every episode like oh demon films and why were these important or vampire films Mm -hmm. or like something like that and it was like vampires always took on um, what plagued society at that time so like in the Mm -hmm. 20s they were like looming like the banks where they'd steal everything that you own like mm-hmm. the great depression and like now we make them beautiful with like mm-hmm. right i don't say now because like twilight was its own era like 10 plus years ago but yeah they, we made them beautiful because we were all vain or whatever 10 years ago right i oh like
0: wow I honestly
2: binged the fuck out of those books. I yeah. read
1: all those books multiple times, multiple which is times. really embarrassing. Yeah. And I went to the midnight showing of Twilight oh God, and I made me my mom too. do it.
2: Oh, did you ever go dress in character? No, because okay, I was yours, close, but, I, but <laughs> I went to Hot Topic and bought their shirts. Yeah, I was going to say, but I wore
1: the shirts. And I hate myself for it. When I think wow. back on that time, I blacked out that memory so hard. Yeah. Because they had, if you read those books now and you're like, what was Why she did I saying? Like them? Yeah. She yeah. got the hottest guy on earth wore khakis. Yeah. <laughs> and drove a Volvo. Right, <laughs> wow, you're
2: <laughs> right.
1: So yeah, it's embarrassing. But um Jamie Lee Curtis took on that role, even though she got typecast in it. She was really proud to do it because her mom was a girl in Psycho in the shower scene, and that was what her mom was kind of typecast as. Wow. And she goes, "I'm in great company if that's what I'm typecast as." And I thought that was the most cute Aww. thing. That was her mom, right? Um, and then her dad was in Some Like It Hot, which is like Marilyn Monroe in it. It's a really, really funny black and white film. Ten out of ten, recommend that as well. Um, and that's her dad. Wow. He was, like, a really thing. So then there's, like, the soundtrack to Halloween, they're saying, is, um, it inspired 11 other films. Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th are some of those. Wow.
0: Wow. Wait, where's the source? Wheres the source of History Channel. Oh, History Channel. Yeah. So I think this That's is... so cool. Right? So legit.
1: And now I guess people eat cakes on the All Souls Day and, like, All Souls Cakes. Yeah,
0: on November first. Mm-hmm. So my mom used to call us out of school on November first, and we would like just hang out, and we usually go to Burger King and get the original chicken sandwich. Oh my god! Every Hell yeah. Halloween, because my mom was like, "It's All Souls Day or All Saints Day or whatever," and she's like, "It's a holiday. You don't have to go to school." So we used to do that.
1: I love that. That's, That's so fun. cute. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, I I don't think I ever did anything the day after Halloween, but um, I love Halloween so much. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. So. I keep going out and buying more and more things. So. Yeah. Oh, maybe to also talk about black cats and ghosts. Um, Halloween has always been a holiday filled with mystery and superstition. It began as a Celtic end of summer fe- we already talked about this. Um, and then t- today's Halloween ghosts are often depicted more fearsome and malevolent, but in the old customs, they were more of like a like like your Casper. family's coming back. yeah. <laughs> um, kind of like a
2: cocoa. The oh, yeah. oh. yeah. <laughs> that was my rendition of Coco. Um, <laughs> again, and then I guess Julia. <laughs> the
1: Black Cats one, like, we're always afraid they bring us bad luck, but in the Middle Ages people believe that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. So, I mean, Professor if you Michael. were a woman that was kind of smart, you were accused yeah. of being a witch, so I don't blame I them. I just
0: saw this tweet that was like, can you guys, or... They were like, uh, back in the 16th century, all you had to do, if some girl was bothering you, would be like, damn, she's a witch, and she'd be gone like that. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. Damn, it's true, though. Yeah. Did you ever? What? Like, that one, it's like, in Monty Python, if this girl weighs more than the duck, she's a witch. Yes. And if she doesn't, she's fine. And you're like, of course she weighs more than the fucking duck. But then the scale breaks, and she weighs, like, less than the duck, and they they stone her anyway, or whatever. (laughs) And then, I guess, back then, there was one, if you could swim... Yeah, you were a witch. Or you could float. Uh, yeah, so like you either die or they burn you at the stake. So you're like, what well, do I rather drown or be burned at the stake? Right. I'm like,
2: Damn. I know they really hated on. Yeah. Witches. That's
1: why like you just couldn't have an opinion.
2: No. Um,
1: <laughs> here's a section from the History Channel: Halloween matchmaking and lesser-known rituals. Exactly. I guess um, Halloween was a good time to help young women identify future husbands and reassuring them they would have one someday. <laughs> um, by next Halloween, they'd be Retweet. married. <laughs> And then in the eighteenth century in Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes. That's buried. So she breaks her teeth and, and she has true love. <laughs> right. Um and in Scotland fortune tellers recommended a, an edible young, um that an eligible young I think woman She's an edible. I was like, what? No, she ate like a a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace so she would have one for each and then um throw them in and then that that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband oh okay okay because the other ones that they popped like they were love that did not last interesting so
2: does that still work today (laughs) (laughs) i don't know oh my god they would throw
1: apple peels over their shoulder and if it landed in the shape of their future husband's initials then that's how they knew
2: oh my god this is i love that i know like (laughs) that's my favorite one (laughs) yeah
1: let me just cut up some apples and throw them over my
2: it's like a cake mash right
1: (laughs) so yeah that's the history of halloween i don't really know where the jack-o'-lantern came from and like the use of pumpkins but because of the harvest and them being Mm -hmm. in season i only assume that people decided to carve some fun things for shadows on the wall yeah um to help with the ghost stories
0: I but love that's, it. That that's was the great. history of Halloween. This oh is God. Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I love having an original song in our podcast. Yeah.
1: Um, Disney, don't do it.
0: So, <laughs> the second part of this episode is going to be us reading our our own kind of
1: matchmaking. Yeah. Cosmic. I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, and so we have Tara on this episode to kind of like walk us through it. We've pulled mm-hmm. up our birth charts on this app called CoStar. Um damn, we should get a fucking zip, uh, a zip code. We should get a fucking <laughs> referral code for this. For real? CoStar, if you can see some downloads, LMK, hit us up at idk at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> Wait, no, that's <laughs> not it. it. It is. It is. It at idkpod at gmail.com.
0: Okay. Right.
1: I e-mail heard us. my list. Email, email us on the
0: right email. <laughs> um, okay, so we all have CoStar pulled up, right? Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. have your
1: chart pulled up? Is this what I'm supposed to have pulled up? Wait, hold on. Just click. You, you should say click chart. chart.
0: Where'd you go? There
1: you are. There you go. Whoa. Okay,
2: so... What is your sign, Veronica?
1: I am a Taurus. I'm born. When tell what's your birthday? May twentieth. Okay. And
2: what's yours? Mine is May twenty second, and I'm a Gemini. Oh, yeah, we're right close. I'm yeah. on. I'm on a
1: cusp. We. Oh, oh, I am shit. too. We're
2: both cusps. So like, she probably has Gemini traits, and I probably have Taurus. Oh wait. I know I have Taurus too. I'm actually
0: I'm April nineteenth. I'm an Aries, but I'm actually really close to whatever's an a- after an Aries. Taurus. Oh, so you're right.
1: Yo, because I'm on the cusp. You're on, those, on the cusp too. Those, uh, yeah, on the Taurus. But when they so changed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, when they changed the astrology shit, I still stayed in Aries, but I don't, gotcha. tr- I still don't trust that thing. O- I've always been in Aries. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So the first thing is our sun. So yes. what is your
2: sun, Tara? I am um, a Gemini, and before everybody exits out of this podcast, <laughs> um, hear me out. Gemini are misunderstood. <laughs> can we please talk about, Tara brought two books
0: about her being a Gemini. (laughs)
2: Like, she brought reading. (laughs) I love that I'm a Gemini. Honestly, I have my Gemini, but I had a, um, oh my god, what was it called? My Zodiac box. I got a box in the mail that had, like, a Gemini mug, and it came with this Gemini book that, like, it's pretty much, like, everything you would want to know about your, like, Zodiac sign. Like, it's so interesting to me, and I sometimes, when I, like, need to...
1: Just reflect.
2: Yeah, <laughs> reflect on like my life as a Gemini. We'll open this up and like you can read about like when Geminis get angry, like Gemini children, like music associated with Gemini, like so much stuff. Like it's just so interesting and it all applies to me directly. I love and it. then I have one that's like all about self-care for Gemini. Also I love it. me to a T. So <laughs> Um,
0: so your son determines your ego, your identity, and your role in life. It's the core of who you are. It's the sign, and you're most likely, and it is the sign you're most likely to already know. Your son, okay, so my son in Aries means that I am fundamentally assertive, persistent, courageous. I would say it's pretty true. Naturally mm-hmm. competitive, fiercely independent, push things forward. Um, you need to learn to understand other people as complex it is my fifth house, meaning that I feel the need to distinguish myself from others through romance, self-expression, create creativity, and pleasure.
1: Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay, so you read your son. Okay. okay. So my son is in Taurus, um, meaning that you're fundamentally stable, deliberate, practical, though somewhat stubborn. Okay. Um, your <laughs> sensual side mm-hmm. takes comfort and pleasure very seriously. You appreciate nice things when they're useful mm-hmm. and meaningful. I am very logical when it comes to things, so I don't mm. like fluff. Um, people appreciate how reliable you are. Okay. It is in your ninth house. I would totally agree with that. You're oh. reliable. Absolutely. Bless you, Angel. <laughs> um, it's in your ninth house, meaning you feel the need to distinguish yourself from others through philosophy, faith, education, politics, and travel.
0: I actually think that's so cute. Oh my god, when like, this stuff is right, but I also fucking live for it. Okay, what's yours, what's yours? So I'm like, so
1: excited.
2: Yeah. Since my son is in Gemini, I am fundamentally dynamic. Oh, oh my god, okay, we're done with you. <laughs> I'm dynamic. Um, quick-witted. I agree. Eclectic. Yes. Curious. I'm, as I'm wearing a shirt that has pugs, pugs on over it. in the sky because, you know, just a pug wasn't enough. Um, <laughs> Eclectic and curious, fascinated by everything, your childlike energy is often scattered in a million directions. On a social level, this may come off as gossipy or flaky. Um, and Gemini is in my second house, which means that I feel the need to distinguish myself from others through money material possessions and security which is like a weird flex but it's also kind of true i guess so i would say secure like
1: i think that's spot on but i think some of those words have negative connotations that's exactly what i was gonna say right because like you, when people are like, I don't care about money, I'm like, you're a fucking liar. Yeah. There's no way you don't care about money. Mm -hmm. Money gets you everything you need. My house, like, I, I'm able to have a comfortable house because Mm -hmm. I, I work for money to have it. Yeah. So, like, I hate when people say it. But I also like it in the way
0: that it's, like, you, like, to distinguish yourself like that because, like, you're, like, your nails, like, I love that, (laughs) that you have those, and, you know, being visco girls, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I like that you said it, usually has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to in this yeah, kind for
1: of sure. Self-care. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. that's what we said.
0: That's what we said about... Um,
1: uh, your love languages. Love languages. Yeah, like back you, onto yourself. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly.
0: So when your love language, um, like your main love language is um, gifts... It's it can be gifts to yourself or it can be you know what you like so mm-hmm. I love that absolutely. Um, so the next part of the chart is the moon. So the moon rules your emotions, moods, and feelings. This is likely the sign you think of yourself as, since it reflects your personality when you're alone or deeply comfortable. My moon is in Leo, meaning that my emotion is self-dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh no! Slaps. <laughs> okay, meaning I'm dramatic, proud, excessive, oh, expressive, sorry, not excessive, uh, maybe that too, idealistic, and somewhat self-centered, oh my god, Leo's coming for me, you need a lot of love, care, and validation. Dude, this is scary, because when
1: we read mine, you'll look at me and me. Oh my
0: god, you're... it's my eighth house, meaning I find security and safety through darkness, Oh my god, what the fuck? Hold on. Darkness, taboos, rebirth, (laughs) sex, and transformation. Oh, transformation 100%. I feel that, but damn, it came for me at the beginning. I don't know about this 8th house thing, but I literally, I love validation. Like, my... Yes, words, words of my, affirmation. Words of affirmation yeah. is my love language. Fuck, I hate when this shit comes to me, but like I said, I'm so into it. Okay, Richard, okay. This is gonna. It's gonna <laughs> okay, but also, we have this, like. Po- look at this scary photo. I know. Oh. It's I don't weird. like her.
1: I had like a weird
2: fruit. KKW body perfume. It literally, <laughs> you literally do. <laughs>
1: Classic. Uh, my moon is in Capricorn, meaning your emotional self is somewhat repressed in the name of responsibility, oh seriousness, and rationality. <laughs> Um, you crave guidance and comfort of a teacher or parent. Okay. Um, it is in your fourth house, meaning you find security and safety through your home and your family. Oh my God, oh my that my is so you. Yeah, I have eight. I, I'm like one of eight, so my family kind of rules everything around yeah. me, and I really appreciate that. So, this but is- I also feel like when you talk about stuff, you always sometimes like put your
0: own emotion down so that you can help other people like with and manage their expectations and stuff too. So I think that's so you. It's
2: freaking me out. It's freaking me out. Okay, Terry oh Rogers okay so my moon is in cancer and that means that i am emotional um (laughs) i love when it's like you're emotional like yeah (laughs) when your moon is in cancer it means that your emotional self is sensitive thoughtful and empathetic you have a tendency to feel like a martyr and secretly fear being abandoned by those you love you often have trouble Mm -hmm. letting things go and feel like an emotional wreck which is really spot on if you know me. Since this is, like, when your moon is the one that you think of yourself as when you're, like, alone mm-hmm. as a Gemini. <laughs> I, have, I have, like, multiple, not multiple personalities. That sounds like like something else I should talk to someone about. But, like, I have, like, you know, like, my like extroverted self and my yeah. introverted self. And this is, like, a very spot on for my introverted self. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in my fourth house, meaning that I find security and safety through home and family as well. <laughs> Which is, yeah, pretty much, like, everything Veronica said. Like, I, like I said, I have a big family, um, and I've always felt safe and secure, like, at home. Mm-hmm. So. Don't
1: you, like, so I have, since I have, like, all of my siblings, I have certain ones that I tell certain things to. Not that I wouldn't yeah. tell all of them. Right. But I'll go to certain ones for certain things that I need to talk to them about. Like, for sure. my older brother, he, he drives me nuts, but I love him more than anything, and I think... Uh, I tell him literally everything because I yep. know he will not judge me for what I say. Mm-hmm. And then, like for Quinn, like he always makes me. It's like it's funny because like, I just like pick which ones I want to yeah. tell certain things to. Yeah, because I know that like they won't hold a grudge. But then there's some that like I know I cannot tell a secret to. Right. There's two of my siblings, and I if they ever listen to these podcasts, they're gonna know it's them. <laughs> they cannot keep a goddamn <laughs> secret because they'll tell one person. But that's right. like another sibling, and then the other sibling, like other a one. random third one, finds out, and I'm like. So, I do the Peter Baelish method where I tell them all the secret, but with one detail missing. And I know where it started. Oh, there my you go. God. <laughs>
0: That's I don't. I have a very small family. Um, I have just one sister. And then my family is large, but also really small at the same time. So, my sister knows, like, a lot. Yeah. Um,
1: about me. Why well, won't this open? Hold on a second. Let me open my phone. It's not opening. I have a lot of fruit as my things, cause everyone has like like I don't. That's like a tropical fruit, the one that's like spiky on the outside, like a durum.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and then I got like a freaking grapes over here. Yeah, I have weird I what shit. Is that a pear? of mine is a tumbleweed? Like, what does oh, that no. mean? Um, okay,
0: so my ascendant is in Sagittarius. My ascendant is the mask I present to people, so it can be seen in your personal style and how you come off to people when you first meet. Some say it becomes rest less relevant as you get older it changes every two hours so if it doesn't make sense text your mom and confirm your birth time (laughs) okay (laughs) um so this is me like my rising so i'm a sagittarius it means that i come across as independent optimistic and confident through sometimes overly blunt or critical okay generally a charming conversationalist i'm free-spirited approach may come off as restless or easily bored that's when i'm like paying attention but also not paying attention so rip <laughs> like, sorry to everybody <laughs> yeah that i'm like people are talking to me tara's like did you listen to me i'm like no i didn't <laughs> think about my next thing i'm thinking about the next thing but that is like so me yeah
1: my senate is in virgo meaning i come across as precise diligent peace seeking and organized yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: you may seem a bit too attached to work details and the pursuit of oh perfection God. which sometimes make you seem a bit boring that doesn't make you boring at all. That makes you like, oh my god, Driven. it's okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't mind the boring part. But like the peace seeking, I'm a middle child, like middle yeah, of, of all of them, so I didn't want to deal with it. So that makes yeah, sense. exactly. It's so yeah, it's weird.
2: <gasps> this is so all accurate. sometimes to me. I'm like reading these. I'm like self fulfilling prophecy. But some of these, I'm like, mm, shit. Yeah, yeah. it's but- scary. Okay, so my Ascendant is an Aries. Ooh. I okay, know. Um, <laughs> That's and- <a> Gemini. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, since you asked. <laughs> um, when my Ascendant is an Aries, it means that you come across as independent, energetic, and direct, which is pretty true. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem to move quickly, sometimes with the appearance of more haste and impulsiveness than thought, um, patience, or follow-through. Interesting. Sometimes your forthrightness comes off as conceited or rude. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's also you being like, very
0: sarcastic though. Yeah, absolutely. like you come off with like humor and like comedy at first, and it's deeply sarcastic, and that's why I like it. Yeah, I
2: never like I never get the vibe that you're rude. Yeah, I never get that. That's either. good because sometimes my jokes go too far, and, and you're like, Ooh, but I have pulled that one back a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I, that, I take that as we're that close. Yeah, where yeah. you
1: might think that you might do it with everyone, but I'm like, nah, we're already. here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. We're here. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm like, you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so my Mercury is in Aries. So Mercury determines how you communicate, talk, think, and process information. It also indicates how you learn. It's your, it's, it is the mind's planet. So my Mercury is in Aries, meaning my intellect is quick, independent, impatient, energetic, and direct. Oh my God, impatient is so me. You think fast <laughs> and start conversation with enthusiasm. You're likely to yell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's in my
0: fourth house, meaning I am curious about and inclined to analyze how I take care of people and what feels like home.
1: Oh, I Aww. think that's true. You do take care of everyone you know and love. Mm-hmm. I try. You are. You're like I home it, to me. It d- oh, my God, stop. I look at you <laughs> when I'm on this podcast, and I know Tara's here. Sorry, it's Sorry. Like it's like a thing. I'm sorry, Tara. It's okay. Okay, I'm just going to go. That um, got really deep really quick. Um, my Mercury is in Taurus, meaning your intellect is extremely practical and deliberate. You stick with ideas that make sense to you once you've thought, thought them through. People like to hear what you think because of how practical you are, though you may seem narrow-minded. Sometimes other people have difficult time understanding you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's in your 8th house, meaning that you are curious about and inclined to analyze death, sex, the truth and how to trust. That's so you. Which is analyzing crazy. trust? Yeah, because I think in the the second episode we talk we talk about how bad I am at dating cuz I sabotage everything cuz I build up walls, so that that hits a home a little quick. She's like, okay, wow. this app is trash. <laughs> <laughs> I <like laughs> need it down the stairs.
2: Oh my god, I'm dead. Okay, so my Mercury is also in Taurus. Um, very interesting. But also, you not surprised. lot that are
1: similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're like, we're like 48 hours apart.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. I know. So, but interestingly enough, because my son is in Gemini, um, and it, it being in my second house, I do have a different ending to that than mm-hmm. does. So, um, because it's in my second house, it means that. I am curious about and inclined to analyze what is valuable to you, the resources, talents, money, self-worth that I have and the resources that I want. Cool. Yeah. I like Which is that. true. I definitely think through a lot of things in terms of like what I have and what I want to achieve. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I think you're very driven. Um I would definitely agree with that because like just with like you and I have talked about it like where you want to go, what you want to do with your life. Yeah. Like you're like I have a plan these are the stepping stones that I want, and for, I mean, you're not that much younger than me, but, like, for being young and knowing that you have an end goal, and, like, the steps and the things that you're doing right now are gonna be the stepping stones to get you there is, I think, really impressive. True that. So, fuck yeah. It's a accurate. <laughs> um, did we just read Mercury? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so my Venus, um, my Venus is, is in Taurus, so Venus determines how and what you love. It indicates how you express affection and the quantity, and the qualities you're attracted to. Mine's in Taurus, I'm my, so it means my romantic side is oriented towards comfort and stability. I move slowly and deliberately at the beginning. That timidity comes off as intimidating. You just want something sweet and simple. It's in my sixth house, meaning that for me, love is often expressed in
1: work, routines, and bodily health. Hmm. Oh, okay. I think your Instagram stories are proof of that. Oh, yeah thank you so much um my venus is also in taurus so Ooh. everything that your first part but it's in my ninth house okay meaning Ooh. that your love is often expressed in philosophy faith education politics and travel i really don't know what that means I No, don't know i think it means that, that i think all. that means that like your it says your lo- wait read it again So, um, my Venus is the same as yours, so, like, it's like, the beginning it's slow. Right. A deliberate, and then it comes off as intimidating, but it's just, you want something sweet and simple, but it's in my ninth house, meaning that your love is often expressed in philosophy, faith, education, politics, and travel. Well, I
0: think that means, like, just how we've gone on trips together, I think it means, Mm -hmm. like, your love is transmitted through kind of, like, a quality time thing. Like, people you can have an educated conversation with about politics, or to... And you're the one that, in a lot of our conversations, you've read the backstory, you have Mm -hmm. the information. And then the travel, like, going on trips with people, like, that's how you kind of express. And to be able to connect with people on those levels, I think is what it means. Like, if people are also Mm -hmm. well-traveled, or maybe on the opposite side, not as well-traveled, like, you want to be able to say to them, like, oh, if you go here. Like, how you always do, when you go to Asheville, you have to go to this biscuit place that type of thing yeah that's that's how i would interpret it i, I agree i think that.
2: it means that you connect with people who also value those things yeah and that will do those kind of things with you having mm-hmm. intellectual conversations and travel which is i feel like very you yeah i agree yeah very accurate oh. <laughs> I love these things. <laughs> yeah. okay so my venus is shocking in gemini <laughs> um and that means that my romantic side is dynamic curious and easily bored which is very true um i love woody banter but i may have trouble deepening my relationships i tend to be a bit timid and discreet with my crushes because i don't know how to be forthright It's like it's home okay um coming for you yeah um it is in my third house which means that love for me is often expressed in the things that i know and are familiar with okay which is very true This is yeah okay.
1: Sometimes this is like eerily like I'm like still like I'm so skeptical because I'm like self fulfilling prophecy. I want to believe these things about myself, but then some of these like the negative points. I'm like yo, yeah.
2: Yeah. Even the fact
0: that like our Venus is both in Taurus, but it's because of their different houses. Like love for me is different than Mm -hmm. love for you. So yeah, I believe that shit. Okay, so my. we do mars we're doing mars okay so my mars is an aries and i already know this is going to be spot on (laughs) mars is the planet of aggression It (laughs) it determines how you assert yourself you take action and the energy that surrounds you particularly in your sex life your ambitiousness and when you're angry my mars is an aries meaning that i assert myself in a way that is to the point and impulsive i love to make things happen and push forward and push things forward with energy and enthusiasm i have a short temper but are quick to forgive the bravest sign of the Zodiac, motherfuckers. Oh. Um, it's my fourth house, meaning I put a lot of energy into my house and family. Wow. I think that's so me. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. All of these, I'm like, this is so me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Mars is two in Aries. Oh. So, Ooh. All the things up to the bravest sign. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, mine's though In my seventh house Meaning I put a lot of energy into close relationships And long term partnerships Oh absolutely that's you You have okay. friends from like years ago So I totally yeah. love that Sean that's what's up for you We've been Sean. friends since we were four Sean Diamond Yeah he's going to be here on <laughs> Thursday
0: Sean shout out does he listen to this podcast I don't know Sean, He the said fuck? he did but
1: I don't know Well you know what
0: don't tell him that we recorded this And we'll fi- we'll see if he's a fucking believer Yeah <laughs> Coming for him. I <laughs> met him twice. Sorry,
2: <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, my Mars is in Taurus, and um, that means that I assert myself in a way that is practical, concrete, and relaxed, and I push things forward stubbornly. I rarely make the first move. That's... Ooh. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I do, actually, because I... Yeah, I really do. I think that I can be... I can, like, talk a lot of, like, crap about, like, oh, it should be done this way, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to, like, telling the person that I would need to tell to, like, get that done, I'm always, like, hey, like, just some quick feedback or, like, an idea. I always, like, present it very, like, calmly. Yeah. But, like, I want them to do it right, <laughs> so right. I you like if i come off a little stubborn. nice about this like yeah then i'll remind them again in like two weeks right Okay, like, hey, so like about that right like, i was serious <laughs> yeah i also rarely do make the first move so that's that's good that's that's interesting and it is in my second house which means i put a lot of energy into money and material possessions which again going back to that negative con- connotations thing like yeah I, I like to like have like things that Like mean something to me, so like I I would I would see that material possessions thing. Like there's things I have from when I was like a child that I won't let my mom give up for no reason. Like my Polly Pockets. Like why does she need to keep that? I don't know. That's between me and my mom. Are the shit. Yeah, because Betty Spaghetti's and
1: I I still have those. Yeah. So, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Me. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next is Jupiter. So my Jupiter is in Scorpio. Ooh. So one of the two social planets, Jupiter re- rules idealism, optimism, and expansion. It's very philosophical. My Jupiter is in Scorpio, meaning that I grow and find understanding through passion, intensity. Intensity is a word that's been used a lot to describe me. <laughs> um, through passion, intensity, and finding the deep heart of things—that is so me. It is my. It's it's in my eleventh house, meaning I find success success Fuck,
1: fucking. <laughs> you're excited you're so intense
0: excited. you're intense I'm success <laughs> it's in my 11th house 11th and success in the same sentence is hard meaning i find success through social status including <laughs> shut up including platonic and casual friends along with my hope hopes wishes and dreams
1: that's so true But also can yeah. you su- say, can say Shelly sold she yeah, she house.
2: <laughs> Success and social status That's so That hard. wasn't even fair It wasn't Also I need you to sing Success by Ariana Grande Oh Ariane my god I, I can't <laughs> I'm gonna be like Success I'm so successful I'm successful <laughs>
1: I love it <laughs> Okay My Jupiter's in Virgo Meaning you grow And find understanding Through careful thought Goal setting And hard work Hmm that's pretty accurate mm-hmm. um it's in your 12th house meaning you find success through privacy secrets and introspection mm-hmm. i th- i think this kind of goes back to like our um our personality test because i'm very extroverted mm-hmm. but when i need to recharge i need to be by my you need to be self. introverted yeah. And, yeah so like today i drove from fort myers where i was with my whole family yeah and it was like three and a half hours and across my sister which was fine it was fun we just like hung out and listened to music and then i went to my other grandpa's house because it's also his birthday and I was just, like, first Whoa. I was really hungry, and I was just, like, I need to go, like, lay down for a while. Mm-hmm. Which I got. Like, so by I feel yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm the same yeah. way. I always need to recharge. And the privacy and secrets, I feel like, I think that's true to an I Like, I hate PDA. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that can kind of go towards that. Like,
2: yeah. Just, I don't hate it, but it's, like... Uncomfortable. For you. Like, yeah. yeah. like,
1: holding hands, that's enough. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> weird. I'm, like... Just... No yeah. one needs to know how like how successful you are because I don't think yeah. that successful people need to prove it. Right? Exactly. They just know mm-hmm. it.
2: You're, no, totally spot on. Very good. Okay. Very, so my, very good. <laughs> my Jupiter is in Capricorn, which is a little troubling for me because Capricorn. Because i like, a Gemini. I <laughs> <laughs> well Capricorn. Yeah, Capricorn is, like, Satan, so... Oh,
0: my God! Um, Do we know Capricorns? Oh yeah.
2: God. That's, like, end of December birthdays. In early January, right? Yeah. And, like, that. everybody that I know that was born at the end of December is a fucking traitor, so... <gasps> oh!
1: I, I wouldn't have the same and, thoughts, but I'm sorry that Yeah, happened. no, it oh just, like, God. so
2: manipulative. Like, I'm sorry if you're a Capricorn. Like, I'm I'm not coming for you specifically, but, like... am yet. Be, yeah, not yes. yet. Not yet, at least, but yeah so for me that means that um well okay so my jupiter is in capricorn meaning that i grow and find understanding through responsibility practicality ambition Mm -hmm. seriousness efficiency rationality and power which makes sense because those are like the things that capricorns are like manipulative to achieve Mm -hmm. um it's in my 10th house, meaning that I find success through career, goals, and responsibility. That is so you. Yeah, I know. I think that's so you. Yeah. Like, you
0: always... I, I really love when people, like, are really good at setting goals. I'm really bad at putting that stuff down on paper. Like, I haven't... I don't have, like, a firm, concrete idea of what I want sometimes, and it's really frustrating to me. So, like, mm-hmm. I love when people have a have a plan. Yeah, um,
2: ask me what I want to do in five years, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, no, but
0: seriously, it's it's really that. Yeah. Um, Saturn isn't, my Saturn is in Pisces, so the other social planet, Saturn rules responsibility, restrictions, limits, boundaries, fears, and self-discipline. Mine is in Pisces, meaning I struggle with my tendency to be a pushover, daydreaming,
1: oh God, and my emotions.
0: <laughs> it's my third house, meaning I have had
1: difficulties with the things that I know and am familiar with. It's very true. Hmm. My Saturn's in Aquarius, meaning I struggle with... I don't know what this word is. Like, I don't think I can pronounce it because, like, my random... I don't have dyslexia, but, like, it's the O one. one Obstinency? Yeah. Obstinancy. Yeah, yeah. obstinency. That, um, superiority complex, and being overly detached. Mm. Um, which I can believe because I compartmentalize everything. Mm. Um, it's in your fifth house, meaning you have difficulties with romance, self-expression, creativity, <laughs> <Sorry>. and pleasure. <laughs> ripped <laughs> boom roasted by this boom fucking busted. app by my own birth chart I know. <laughs> Tiffany sent me that it was so funny because she was so rich because this reminds me of you and it was it's the macaroni box where like me opening up to people and it just ripped off the p- top part but the whole rest of it's still there like where the it's closed off <laughs> oh. and you're just like I mean she's right yeah. <laughs> I'm like you know I looked at that earlier and I laughed because it was me you know yeah, yeah.
2: shit okay I well to that honestly Aquarius <laughs> Yeah, so my Saturn is an Aries. That means that I struggle with aggression, impatience, defensiveness, hastiness, and conceit, which is very true. <laughs> um, it's in my 12th house, meaning that I've had difficulties with privacy, secrets, and introspection. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I believe that. She said, in... okay. <laughs> I can be a little hasty sometimes. <laughs> Happens to the best of us, trust me.
0: Yeah. Um, Impulsive has been the word of the day for me. Yeah. Um, so my Uranus <laughs> is in Capricorn. So Uranus stays in... Look like how milk. you say it. You're just like, Uranus. Oh, you- <laughs> <laughs> Are you? No. So is it Uranus? No. Yeah, I think that is actually okay, so like how you just gonna say, say it. I'm going to say it. No, <laughs> say it how you
1: were, but it just Uranus? You, you, emp- you emphasize the <laughs> word. You're like, Uranus.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Whatever that word <laughs> stays in the sign for seven years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. Hey, do you guys have the same one? Mm-hmm. We have a lot that are similar. Yeah. Um it rules innovation, rebellion, and progression. It is mine is in Capricorn, meaning other generations are shocked by my sense of responsibility, seriousness, rationality, and hunger for power. Retweet. Yeah. It's in my second house, meaning that for me, this manifests in rebelling against dated expectations about money and material possessions. That is so fucking me because I have, like, a serious issue with money and that being, like, I wasn't actually, like, raised or taught how to manage my own finances and, like, that type of thing. Um, And that's not, like, a knock on my mom or anything. It was just kind of, like, it was never something that we openly talked about. Or I knew how to manage. um, So that is, like, me rebelling against, like, what I was taught or, for lack thereof, Mm -hmm. taught.
1: Hmm. Is yours similar? Mine's also in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Um, However, mine's in my fourth house, meaning that this manifests in rebelling against dated expectations about home and family. Mm. Which that slaps, because... <laughs> um, my, my she said that slaps my uh, every time I go to a family event, they're like, "Who are you dating? You can have kids anytime soon." Right. Literally every time, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. "One, no. First of all, you're 27. Yeah, yes. So relax." Yeah. I'm like, "Leave me alone with these kids and like Christ. you're there's like a hunt well, It's not like my mom; it's like my grandparents, or they're yeah. like I went to a, a family event. <laughs> One of my aunts said to me, "Oh, so why aren't you dating anyone? Are you just waiting for what's left over from the rest of them?" She literally oh. verbatim said that, and I don't think she, I think she blacked out that memory because <laughs> I haven't talked to her since, or, like, I avoid her at all costs, because, one, we already found because out. Because
2: who says that? No, yeah. I don't
1: know, but I have problems with relationships as per this app, so. Right. I was just, like, floored because she walked in the house and said that directly to me after she said, oh, I like your haircut. I'm like, okay, that, and then boom, that. Right. And I was like, she was like, I have your yikes. haircut, and you're like, oh, thanks. And then she was
0: like, oh, so you're not dating anyone because you want what's left. And you're like, "Yeah."
1: And I was like, Just whoa, why are you for coming from my life? This is Thanksgiving, one, two. Right? <laughs> you don't ask the dudes that question. Yeah, I have, like, a bunch of male cousins. I'm like, why, why am yeah. I getting attacked? My sister gets asked questions about school, and I'm like, I guess maybe I'm, like, the oldest daughter. I've already done all that stuff, so, like, when are you going to settle down and give up all your hopes and dreams? Oh, right. <laughs> just kidding that's not like really what it is like to settle down and have a family but i'm just like i don't know why i get asked that question right You're i'm like, triggered they just, like, obviously come for you. i'm yeah. just like whoa oh sorry i brought the pies maybe i shouldn't bring anything next year right y'all can starve <laughs> as as pumpkin
2: is for everybody except for aunt whatever her name was <laughs> yeah
0: what the
1: hell triggered
2: yeah uh kind of going off of that so my oh god uranus is in she <laughs> said Uranus? Oh, so you're educated. <laughs> um, yes, I am, and it's in Aquarius. Um, since it is something like that changes every seven years, I'm probably on like the cusp of the end of the Capricorn one. Yeah, which is interesting because that means I'm, you know, just like such. She's a... She's in transition. Yeah, and that means that um, other generations are shocked by your generation's unconventionality, mm. intellectuality, and detachment detachedness
1: okay very I would, true actually yes yeah, so 100 your, your generation yeah. as a whole yeah like the way you communicate the yeah. way that you see problems or like yeah. the way that you're like i can't fix this so i'm gonna wait till we see how it plays out yeah yeah i think is very true
2: mm-hmm. and then kind of going off of that whole like thanksgiving family triggering situation <laughs> Um, this being in my tenth house means that for me it manifests in rebelling against the dated expectations about career, goals, success and responsibility. Mm-hmm. That could not be truer for me. Um as a Gemini, I'm very <laughs> I'm very like creative and like imaginative and yeah. I always imagined having a life where I was just happy. Yeah. Like to be honest with you, like successful but like happy doing what right. I'm doing. And, like, being passionate about something like that. Well, I, and
0: that even might go into, like, the unconventional part of it. Like, right. what is going to end up being what makes you happy might not be working a 9 to 5. Exactly. Or, it, or it's maybe it's, like, doing content or whatever it might be. So, I totally agree.
2: Yeah, and that's definitely the point that I've come to in life. And to a lot of my family members are, like, the kind of people that if I told them, oh, like, I'm just gonna like try to get like a million followers on Instagram, right. and then like make videos for a living because it genuinely makes me happy. Right? They like, would, yeah. They're
1: like, well, how are you gonna make have money. kids? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, they yeah. They don't compute.
2: No, they're like, so is that a law school or right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I totally sure. agree with that.
0: Uh, okay, so the next one is Neptune. So mine is in Capricorn.
2: So Same. Neptune. too. Really? Yeah. Ooh.
0: So Neptune stays in each sign for about 14 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules dreams, imagination, and the unconscious. Mine is in Capricorn, meaning my entire generation finds inspiration through hard work, responsibility, seriousness, and ambition. So mine will be changing soon. Mm-hmm. Yours will be changing very soon. hmm um, mine is in my second house, meaning, so it's hard came for you in your age right there. I'm not even that old. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> my back
1: feels it, but that's not uh, a problem. It's in my
0: second house, meaning that for me, this manifests in my ideal, verging on unrealistic and impractical, um, wait, it, meaning for you, this manifests in your ideal, verging on unrealistic and
1: impractical about money and material possessions. Mine isn't the same thing, but mine's in my fourth, my fourth house, meaning that you this manifests in your ideals, verging on unrealistic and impractical about home and family.
2: This is like the same uh, kind of topics that we're rebelling against. Mm-hmm, in yeah, Uranus, because mine because it's like, unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. No, for real. No, yeah, mm-hmm. mine's in my tenth house, and that for me means that it's um, manifesting in my ideal, verging on unrealistic and impractical expectations about success and responsibility. So, yeah.
0: No, for sure. It's It's like like, a kind of parallel. Retweet. It's kind of like parallels with that. Um, Okay, so then the last one is Pluto. So my Pluto is in Scorpio. Same. And it stays in each sign for up to 30 years, meaning it rules a generation more than a person. It rules power, intensity, obsession, and control. Mine is in Scorpio, meaning my generation's psyche is comparatively passionate, intense, serious, private, self-obsessed, and perceptive. So, my 12th house, meaning I personally am transforming outdated expectations of privacy, secrets, and introspection.
1: Oh.
2: Mm. Wow.
0: Very
1: Mine's deep. also in Scorpio, but it's in my third house, meaning that you are you are personally are transforming outdated knowledge and played out familiarity. Ooh. I think that kind of plays onto, like, the last two. It's like, yeah, yeah. oh, this is what a
2: family should be, or this is what you should be right. doing, or this is, like, how you should be living your life. I love that. Um, so mine is different. It's Pluto in Sagittarius, which means that my generation's psyche is comparatively positive, free spirited, curious, optimistic, forward looking, independent, and confident. Um, and it sits in my eighth house eighth house, meaning that I'm personally I, I am personally transforming outdated taboos around darkness, sex, and transformation. Which interesting. is interesting. And I kind of believe that because, like, I feel like a lot of people in my generation are transforming a lot of the ways that older people think about sex in general. I would agree. So, yeah, cool. Wow. I know. I love reading this stuff. I know it's so interesting. In in the spirit of
0: Halloween, we wanted to, yeah, read these, kind of you know. I yeah. say spooky, it's but almost like, like those old, like witchy type yeah. stuff. The
1: old Celtic traditions, like we're <laughs> we gonna find our husband. Look at my chart. Yeah, yeah. look at my birth Just chart. Kidding. Oh my god! Literally, catch me <laughs> reading. I
0: need everybody's time of birth all <laughs> of my friends because now I need to know like who I'm supposed to be around.
1: You yeah. can actually
2: on this app. You can add. You can them. add your friends. Yes. Oh my god. And then so do it. You and I have like half of ours in the same. At house. the bottom, you can click them. Oh my gosh! It'll okay, tell so you how to do this. Yeah, it's very interesting too. If you ever like. um look at your partner in life's sign. Yeah. Maybe don't if you're, like, concerned about it already, but, like, yeah. if you... <laughs> but, yeah, it's, Honestly, everything is true. Oh, my God. As a Gemini, I can... Uh, <laughs> as, just saying,
0: as a Gemini, um, amazing. Well, this was a really good episode. Um, yeah. I didn't... We didn't ask this in the last episode, but I can, like, add it.
2: Tara, where can the people find you on the internet? Oh, I mean, sometimes I can be found on Instagram... Um, lately, not that often, but I need to fix that. I've been in like a creative rut, but we're getting out of it. Okay, that's okay. so, but yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram. It's uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> oh God! <laughs> 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 I think it's just Tara Gibson with two N's. Um, it is, I Think. I think. I yeah, it that. is. Yep. You can figure out how to spell that on your own, and. Um, yeah follow me for more gemini content and yeah god some great anytime footage.
0: it's gemini season you freaking know oh yeah <laughs> the I first do. day she's like tomorrow count down the gemini season <laughs> so I she's do.
2: like we're just
1: misunderstood
2: yeah really we are honestly if you want to know more you know you can hit me up on instagram i'll tell you <laughs> i love it
1: so if you guys want to send us your favorite Halloween costumes to date, or a Halloween story you want to share, or one of the traits of your own horoscope that you find is funny or not true or, or so, so true, true mm-hmm. you can send it to our email or comment on one of our posts. But it, but idkpod at gmail, just send us some in information in, and maybe yeah. we'll read it out. Yeah, yeah, maybe we can ask like
0: a question on IG stories, and people can like give us their info and their moon rising. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I want to know what everybody's rising is. Um, but yeah, so rate, review, subscribe, and, um, I guess we'll see you on the next one. Bye.